Hello and welcome to the Beef Edge, the Chagas Beef Podcast, for all your latest news, information and advice for Irish beef farmers. I'm Catherine Egan and in advance of calving season, I'm joined by Chagas Head of Dairy, Joe Patton, to find out how to manage cow nutrition in the crucial weeks pre and post calving. Joe, you're very welcome. Mineral supplementation prior to calving is essential. Why are minerals so critical now? So for minerals, obviously what what we need minerals to really deliver for us is uh, a trouble-free calving, I suppose, and also a healthy cow and a healthy calf at the end of the pro you know the process of late pregnancy and calving and into early into early lactation or into early life for the animal it is a it is a stressful uh, period of the animal the most stressful period of the animal's life um so it's important that we have the well set up from a health and, and um, immunity point of view so that's really what we want the minerals uh to deliver for us okay so look really i always sort of look at it this way and you know it's it's an easy way to look at it i suppose is that we really have two main we've two main groups of minerals if you like you've got your big chunky macro minerals so your things like magnesium and phosphorus for example and then you also have your trace minerals which would be things like zinc and copper and that kind of that those kind of ones and you know while there's a difference in let's say the, the rates or the scale of each of those minerals and the type of minerals you know, they do each perform a very important function or specific function. So, you know, I would always look at it. The macro minerals gets the cow over calving and into a good start. And the, the macro, the, sorry, the trace minerals then are really for particular health and, and immunity uh, functions as well. So there's a lot going on in there. But look, at if I think if we keep it simple and say, look, we've got our we've got our macro minerals and we've got our, our trace minerals and getting those right are really what we need to do for cow and calf alike, you know. And when farmers come to pick the right mineral, what's important to ensure that the correct minerals and vitamins are in the pre-calver at the correct rate? Yeah, look, this is, you know, there's, you know yourself, like you see um, when you go into the store or you go in looking for minerals, there's all sorts of different lotions and potions, I suppose, and all sorts of different means of feeding them, either boluses or buckets or, you know, and it becomes very confusing maybe um, when you're not looking at it all the time, maybe you're only looking at it once or twice a year. But really what we're saying is we just, we need to just come back and say, right, we need a certain level of the right minerals, no matter what way they're delivered. Okay. So don't worry about the color on the bucket or don't worry about all the the talk around it, it's really look at the look at the levels of mineral in the bucket, if you like, and say if we can get those right, we're happy enough. So let's just, for example, take um the the, the macro minerals, right? So the, the big chunky macro minerals. Like really the ones I'd be pointing people towards there is certainly magnesium and phosphorus. So for magnesium anyway, for a suckler cow, we want sort of 20% magnesium in the mix. So that's about 20%. So we're assuming our animal is eating about 100 grams of mineral at that. So we want 20 grams of additional uh, magnesium delivered. So a 20% mineral for magnesium would be a good starting point. And on the phosphorus side, maybe something 3-4% phosphorus included. Now, when you look at your label, Catherine, they'll be on the top of the label and they'll be very clear. Um, they'll be very clear. So you're looking for a percentage there that says at least 20% magnesium and probably something like 3 or 4% phosphorus. If you hit those as a starting point, those are very, you know, that'll be an assistance for the animal 
for the cow to, to calve cleanly and to, to have a good muscle function, et cetera, um, uh, while they're calving. And obviously, we don't want any calcium added pre-calving. So that's why we wouldn't use a post-calving mineral for pre-calving uh, cow. The main difference is the calcium. We don't want any added calcium pre-calving, but we do want it post-calving. So if you just think of those two as a starting point, the, the 20% and the 3 or 4% for magnesium and phosphorus, uh, respectively, would be the, the important ones, you know. Now, on the trace element side, it becomes quite, you know, there's an awful lot of moving parts on the trace element side. So really, I'll just sort of say, like, effectively, what you're looking for to make sure is that you've got good levels of copper, selenium, uh, iodine, uh, cobalt, manganese, and zinc. So those would be the ones, and they're generally going to be included in all your mixes, okay? Now, I suppose, just to point out that, those are those all have their own different um, functions. So you, everybody's probably fairly familiar with copper. People tend to focus a lot on copper and what it looks like in terms of rough coats and you know ill thrift and that kind of thing. But just remember, like something for copper, what we want to do is, for example, is we we want to meet the requirements for the animal and move on really like there's not you don't get a, a big response to feed more and more over over and above what the animal needs so look at from a from a from a dry cow point of view something in the region of 300 milligrams per copper per day for example is where you need to go but there is the issue then of whether it's trace element or sorry whether it's protected copper or protected trace elements versus not you know so look at that sounds all very complicated so just remember i suppose we get into the into the differences into trace elements in a minute but you know your big ones is kind of mag and phosphorus at 20 percent and, and three to four percent and then your list of your your micros which is your copper selenium iodine um cobalt manganese zinc if they're all present you're off to a good start that's right, Joe. And I suppose a lot of minerals are indirectly related to a deficiency in one could reduce the efficacy of another element. What should farmers be aware of? The big things here is we have to look at minerals too. That we are the ones I've mentioned there, we are supplementing those in so that we are adding those to the diet. Okay. They're going into the diet. But one of the things that can happen is that there might be high levels of other minerals in your silage or in your feed that can have a negative effect on how well the animal uses the minerals that you're adding into the mix. So the classic one there, obviously, again, is copper. So, for example, we could be feeding at a, a reasonable level of a standard um, a st a standard formulation of for, for all your trace elements. But if you've got very high iron content, if you've got very high um, molybdenum content, you've got very high uh, sulfur content, and maybe aluminium as well, but particularly say iron, um, iron sulfur and and molybdenum in combination. You know, in in that circumstance, what you might end up having a situation where your trace elements aren't absorbed as well as they should be. So, while we are feeding enough of them. If you've got all these antagonistic minerals, we call them in the background, they can interfere with the absorption of the mineral. And that causes a problem. Now, I know myself from over the years, every there's an awful lot of, of times you hear people talking about they have the, you know, they have this problem on farm. But sometimes when you measure it from let's say taking a, a silage sample or taking a, a feed sample. It's not. It's probably overstated. Maybe I would say overall that there's not as much of that antagonism as what people might perceive. I, I think sometimes, you know, we, we have to measure it and, and look at what the mineral levels are in the silage before we just assume that there's a problem like that. If you know what I'm saying. So my advice would be, if you think you have an antagonistic problem on the farm, test your test your um, 
your silage from mineral content and speak to your advisor then because there's no point in just assuming that, that the issue is there. Now, how do you counteract it if you do have it or what's the best way to counteract it? The best way to counteract that, I suppose, is then um, is to feed maybe uh, protected sources. So protected sources of your trace minerals, so your chelated minerals. So, for example, you take something like copper or zinc or selenium, they can come in different forms, Catherine. You can have a very sort of simple mineral type standard. So like copper oxide, for example, which is a very cheap and cheerful, I suppose, source of copper. You have to feed a lot of that for it to be absorbed uh, because it, it's absorbed quite low efficiency of, of absorption. But if you have a lot of these antagonists, it's very prone to getting locked up. Whereas if you're feeding protected mineral sources, so your chelated minerals, for example, they will bypass that problem to a large extent. So they don't get locked up in the room and they move through the animal to the to the intestine and they're absorbed there. So what I'm saying is if if there are if there's a history of trace element problems on the farm or there's issues like that, the thing to do is test your mineral content in your silage to see have you got antagonists on the farm, number one. And number two, then move to maybe having at least sort of 30%, 40% of the total mineral content um, of those trace minerals, have them in protected form. Okay, now, how do you see that? If you're looking at the bag or you're looking at your the, the spec that you're looking at, you'll see things like chelated mentioned or, you know, it'd be chelated or protected or organic sources of um, of the trace elements. And as I say, if they're included, if there's a range of those different types of ingredients included, the chances are that that's going to help you get over any of those antagonist problems. That's great, Joe. You mentioned earlier the ways of supplementing minerals, be it bolus or dustin or buckets. Which is best, do you think, or is there a difference? Go back to maybe what we're trying to achieve is important to say, right? So we mentioned earlier on that you've got your different, you have your macro minerals and then you have your trace minerals, right? The macro minerals, remember, are fed in grams per day. That's grams per day. So take something like magnesium, for example. I said earlier on we need to feed about 20 grams grams per cow per day now to feed that you're going to have to feed something for example if that comes in as a cal calmag or calcine magnesite you'll have to feed about 40 grams of calmag to get that amount of magnesium into your cow every day over a even a 40-day dry period that's 1.5 1.6 kilograms of calmag that you'll end up feeding Okay, which is a big chunky amount of stuff, if you know what I mean. That's before you count the phosphorus and the sodium. So, like you think about it, I always say it to people like this way: Look at, you know, if you buy your if you buy your trace mineral, if you buy your minerals in 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 loose form or in bag form, it comes on a pallet because it's so bulky. You cannot replace everything that happens on that in that in those bags out of a single bolus. A bolus comes in a box; it's small. All that's in the all that is in the in the bowl is, is the trace mineral part, which is your copper, selenium, iodine, manganese, those those type of ones. They're needed in milligrams per day, which is you know you think about this. There's a thousand milligrams in a gram, like so. There's a million milligrams in a kilo. So they're tiny, tiny quantities that they're needed in. So they'll fit in a bolus. But your big, chunky, you know, your mag magnesium, phosphorus, and sodium, those type of ones. They're needed in chunky quantities that you, you know, you basically buckets of it per day, if you like. Right. And I think if we can get people to understand that a little bit, that you cannot replace all the function of the of the macro minerals out of a single bolus. That's important to say. Right. So 
for example, if you said you wanted to go with a bolus for your trace minerals, you would still be dusting um, CalMag and phosphorus onto the silage or in the water. Um, or indeed, if you just go with the, the dusted mineral, it should cover it all. So I would I would say for certainly for dry clouds, my preference is always the dusted bag mineral because it covers everything. If you want to use trace minerals when animal or boluses when animals are on pasture, they might come into their own out there. It's it's simpler to do, uh, but certainly the, the the dusted mineral would be the preference for me. Anyway, I think the buckets are popular because it seems like you don't have to do much with them, and people some people get on well with them, and that's fine. The issue with buckets always is, you know, are all animals getting the same level? Because a few dominant cows could could um could take over on the buckets, if you like, and 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 do we take more than their share? That's why I would say there's it's hard to beat 100 grams of a dusted mineral every day for about six weeks before the cows start to calve. And I think that that covers an awful lot. Yeah, I suppose at least at that stage, Joe, you know that they're all getting it. Yeah, I look at it, it's a thing, you know, you're probably in the shed anyway. Um it's a, it's a two minute job every day. It's sort of, you know, it's not a big deal uh, in terms of labor. It's, you know, if you're checking through the stock, it's just as easy to throw a bit of mineral in front of them as you're checking them. And that's the job done. And, you know, it's kind of distributed through the silage or whatever. And each cow is more likely to get what they need. But don't rely on the boluses in a, in a, in a pre-calving situation is what I'd be saying. I suppose finally, Joe, what two or three tips have you for farmers in relation to the nutrition and mineral supplementation post-calving? I suppose some cows might be housed for a couple of weeks now if they're starting calving at the end of January or early days of February. The big thing there is, I suppose, you know, we didn't mention it at all, but silage quality. If we have some quality silage or quality bales uh, kept aside for the post-calving, obviously the demand of the cow increases after calving. So, you know, milk production, even though it's at a low level, still requires quite a bit of quite a bit of um energy so a couple of kilos of concentrate of a good quality concentrate and, and higher quality silage post calving mineralized concentrate uh, would do so if there's minerals included in it maybe at a two three kilo rate something like that depending on your silage quality uh, just to ensure that your cows are producing um adequate milk is important so look at um i know on, on a lot of a lot of farms, we've said we've said this a number of times over the years, um, Catherine, that the quality of silage is all the same, if you like. And what's suitable for a dry cow from a silage point of view may not be suitable for a, a milking cow. So you want some leafy silage, kind of high, you know, low mid seventies at least, um, with some constant mineralized concentrate on top. Now the constant the concentrate, if you buy it, uh, sort of a lactating ration, it will have higher levels of calcium and phosphorus than the dry cow mineral and that should keep them that should keep them keep them fine you know that's that's certainly the it would be the advice so keep some keep some of your best silage aside for, for for that time of the year one other thing i suppose i didn't mention is um just on the minerals you know pre-calving really is that you know oftentimes we see that the major problem or the the source of the problem on a lot of farms is not just the spec of the mineral so it's it's the rate at which it's fed or the frequency with which it's fed so i would be suggesting that you know making sure that you're feeding enough per day or the right amount per day it's just as important as you know what what the label says so for example if you've got 30 cows uh, if you've 30 dry cows for example all on minerals they should be eating three kilos of they should be eating three kilos of 30 by 10 or sorry 30 by 100 is three kilos of mineral per day roughly so you could say that you know your your bag of mineral in that situation should be doing you 
just about a week or a little bit, maybe a week or, or thereabouts. Working it out that way to know, you know, am I going through the mineral fast enough is important as well, Catherine. So no point in having a very high spec mineral and it's sitting in the bag for too long. That's great, Joe. Thanks very much. Some great tips and advice. Okay. Thanks, Catherine. That's all for this week's episode. And my thanks to Joe for joining me on the show. You can catch up on all other shows and interviews from the Beef Edge podcast on the Chagas website at chagas.ie or you can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so you never miss a show. For all other updates from our Beef programme, keep an eye on our Twitter and Facebook pages. Until next time, I'm Catherine Egan and thanks for listening.